tell me, tell me all about the channel, who you are, what you do over there, and what people could expect from your your stream content. Right. So we are science streams. There is the pun in there that we do <laughs> science content. Uh, yeah. You might be like, why don't you just keep it as science? Turns out someone already has the name science on Twitch. Um, mm. How did we get into this and how and what are we? So my wife and I run the channel. Uh, we met and I was an undergrad at Emory getting my master's and she was getting her master's in public health. And so we have our master's degrees from Emory. We got our PhDs in molecular and systems biology from Dartmouth up in New Hampshire. We actually went there together, worked in the same lab as undergraduates in the same lab as graduate students. We then did our postdoctoral fellowship research at the University of Pennsylvania. During that time, all throughout, we've been doing a lot of outreach, uh, in-person outreach, as well as there's a program called Skype a Scientist, where you can you get matched, essentially classroom matched, where a classroom will request a certain kind of scientific expert, and then you know you get recruited, and you, they ask you questions. And we did everything from elementary school to senior centers for that. At Penn, we were doing a fair bit of uh, in-person outreach with middle and high schoolers. And then we were also doing more virtual stuff, but then COVID hit. Mm. And so we were trying to figure out a way to bring science to people during the time of, of COVID, right? And mm -hmm. the best way of doing that. And so we started off just a live ant stream. So my <laughs> postdoctoral research was on ants and their epigenetics, and their genetics, and their behavior, and primarily leaf cutter ants. And so I took an iPhone camera, yeah, plugged it in, taped it to the inside of this giant glass tank that we had, and let it roll. And then, because my thought was like, these are charismatic animals, right? They cut <laughs> yeah. leaves, they farm, they don't eat the leaves, they cut the leaves, feed it to a fungus, they have all these cast members, there's colonies growing. I always like to see those at zoos and National Geographic. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe someone will find it interesting. And people, you know, showed up and asked questions. So I'd ask, you know, I'd get to answer it messaging wise. And sometimes I'd be there live and I'd move the camera around and we'd talk about the biology behind the animals. And eventually it was where, like, why don't I start doing a more scientific discussion stream? Kind of like where we go into advanced topics. And before my wife hadn't joined me on this journey yet, but she watched after the first episode. And she was like, all right, honey, you want this to be successful, right? Yeah. We're going to do this a little differently. <laughs> it was, I wore a button down. It was like straight lace. It was like, you know, PowerPoint. Oh, my it gosh. Was, it was not good. It was not good. It was not embracing <laughs> chaos and the, the rabbit holes and the interactive side of like why why Twitch works for this, right? We started making it a tag team and a, du a dual effort of like, you know, embracing the loosey-goosey side of things, answering questions and pursuing people's questions on there. We then also started doing um, art on Sundays. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a very strong interaction between art and science, and it's very difficult to tease those two apart because I feel like a good scientist can draw their points and make a publication make sense. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, I think same one side of the same coin. And so we started making these characters that you see behind me that would be sketching them out. Again, I was using my phone pointed at a notebook outside. It was more, it was very, it's very scuffed as they say. <laughs> and then we just, you know, we started, we're like, okay, let's start doing it like more on our like old MacBook. And it was very, very slow and very cringy as well. Cause we try to, you know, play a video and then talk about it. But as soon as we did, everything came to a halt and yeah. eventually upgraded. We got the PC, you know, we got some cameras and in spending more and more time into it. We then eventually with both of our full-time jobs plunged in and went seven days a week, almost for a full year. And that was everything from playing occasional video games and talking about the science behind them. So for example, the classic Sonic is mm. named after a gene called Sonic Hedgehog, which is important in development. So if you have misregulated Sonic Hedgehog, you don't get your five fingers, you might get four, you might get six. And so the the video, the, the gene is named after the video game character. So we'd play Retro <laughs> Sonic, for example, right? Silly things like that. We dissect sci, sci, science fiction 
on the stream and the science behind it, the science news of the week, deep dives and scientific topics. The we got we upgraded with microscopes, so chat funded us the ability to buy two microscopes to hook up to the stream. One's a dissecting scope that allows you to see bigger 3D models and things like uh, amber with insects in them, uh, pond water live dissections that we would do on insects, and then we have a light microscope that looks at flat two-dimensional cross-sectional slides and so really bringing in that visual component of science was very big for us because i feel like i don't know how it is for you if i can see it i'm much more likely to believe that it's a thing absolutely and so I really, right really bringing people in close was uh important to us to be able to do and how how long ago uh was it when you, so you said right around the pandemic was that like right at the beginning of the whole thing I think we was yeah 2021 i guess it must have been yeah because we're coming up on two years of streaming uh, this july would be like the when we hit that affiliate check mark and, and now you're a partner and congratulations yeah. by the way because that's that's still fairly fairly new or newish news that you're you're you've uh accomplish the the partner level so congratulations to you that's awesome yeah, it was the, the same week as our daughter was born so <laughs> it was it was quite a good week <laughs> yeah it was a good week for you and and the family so that that's impressive man and the fact that you've grown this community around kind of this love for science and and this love to kind of explore these different science scientific topics uh now that you have had years of this, how has your content grown? Like when we start, when I, when it was just me, it was very flat and <laughs> dry and like not, not in a good way. Right. Right. Um, now it's much more free form in terms of content. I, we still put a fair bit of prep time into each episode and still it's, we do five days a week now instead of the seven, just until the little one is, you know, old enough where we can put her to sleep earlier and then like ramp back up to seven. Um, a fair bit of it, you know, it's more rabbit hole exploration where it's very driven by chat. Mm -hmm. The microscopes were a part of that evolution. We also have, have now 3D printers. So we'll 3D print models that are representative of scientific concepts and look at those on the stream. Um, I also 3D design characters that like kind of similar to this background, but 3D to illustrate scientific concepts. My wife and I, we do school visits. And so it helps to have these, like for the young kids, something kind of character that they can connect with. Because usually if you show them a picture of a an ant, you know, they're like, oh, gross, and they're done. But if you show them something cute, they're more likely to be in, be all about it. Um, so that's just one of the, the many facets of how we're evolving. Now that, you know, we've hit partner, we want to experiment a little bit more with crossovers. So but potentially bringing in a game or two where we can dissect the science of it. For example, the the science behind the T virus in Resident Evil is actually really <laughs> cool. And it's a it's a combination of four different viruses that actually exist naturally in the wild that do have like they could take over the brain of an animal and yeah. get them to do behaviors that you otherwise wouldn't see. So things like that of again keeping the mission statement of science for everyone and trying to make it more accessible in different ways. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how we've been growing. And, you know, eventually we want to try to do an IRL stream or two. I'd love to be able to show people how to catch ant queens in the wild during mating flights and examining that actual history around really interesting areas. Uh, those are the, again, the long-term goals that we have. I just, I love the mission, you know, making science accessible for everyone. I think it's fantastic that you are using a, uh, platform like twitch to really uh get it out there and that that is something that has been truly remarkable in my opinion the fact that uh, you know you went from seven to five days a week and you're still five days a week covering these topics covering things of interest to you i love the fact that you know you're looking at doing uh drawing some some connections uh between something like resident evil and real real like real life science i'm a resident evil fan so that makes me really uh happy to hear and uh i'll be there for that um are you, yeah. are you playing the fourth remake I, so I, I take it. i've started it uh i 
with everything going on right now, uh, with like uh, Jedi, uh, Fall, uh, Fallen Order, and Survivor, and all that, uh, I've been I've been kind of diving into that side of things. But I've been staring at my copy of Resident Evil Four on my shelf, uh, thinking that I just I need to get back in there. But I'm I've played I've played most of them. Uh, I think I, I I did a hard pass on six, but I've played almost every other one. <laughs> but yeah. I'm lucky in that we don't have a PS5 yet, so I can't yeah. play the new Star Wars game. So, mm. and then I have like one day a week where the little one, yep, you know, we can switch. Lita and I switch between, so I can get like the evening just to, for me time. Time is definitely uh, it, it. It gets rarer as as you be as as you are a parent now. Uh, so cherish cherish those moments, um, man. For sure. Well, and it, you know, it's it's with even the seven day we both have full time jobs, right? So it's a uh, right. And now with the full-time job plus a kid and then trying to make it eventually this full-time, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's, it definitely pays off because people, you can see people are excited about science. And a lot of the comments that we get, I used to like science, but then I had this teacher and dot, 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 or right. um, I used to really like it, but then the subject matter, you know, I just found it to be boring, but now I'm learning the same thing and all of a sudden it's cool. So that to me has made a world of a difference that we can get people excited about these topics and grow an appreciation for science. I think there's a huge disconnect between scientists in the lab and the general public. Cause I know I, I worked in a lab where there was this mindset of you don't talk to your everyday person because they, there's no way they'll understand it. And why would you waste your time? You should be in the lab re working. And to me, I feel like that's the attitude of why there's distrust in science. Mm hmm and if you could just, you know, just like get over yourself. Right. And maybe you're the, maybe there's the issue with you. You're not explaining things well. Yeah. Right. And just get out there and actually be an advocate and ambassador for science. And that's what we're trying to do. Well, uh, you know, from, from my experience with, with your channel and your content, you're doing, you're doing it in a way that I absolutely appreciate, uh, you know, having these uh, very just, I feel like open discussions and like you said, it's very chat driven. I love the fact that, you know, if chat takes a subject or a topic in a certain direction, uh, I appreciate that you are more than willing to head in whatever direction that might be. Um, of the, of all the topics that you've covered while on your channel, is there one like particular topic that comes up a lot or some, some particular topics that your chat is really like interested in and you tend to uh, visit a lot? Ants come up a lot. Of course. Uh, <laughs> which is, um, and that's part driven by me as well because I just think that they're amazing. Like, And it's not just, you know, I, I was the kid who thought bugs were cool, right? So it's already, right. I'm a little weird, right? I get it. <laughs> but the fact that for leafcutter ants, you can have 10 different casts so they, these are individuals in the colony that are different sizes, different shapes, and they have different tasks. Mm -hmm. But they're all genetically almost identical. And so that means all these differences are not due to mutation, but due to how the genes are turned on and off and when. It's just a beautiful layer of complexity that we don't understand. And so that's always like cap recaptures my imagination every time in excitement. Yeah. Um, on top of that, CRISPR gene engineering has been a, always a big topic that we comes up a lot. Um, there's a lot of always ethical questions, too, of is it OK to genetically engineer you and make yourself a custom baby? And like, how did you know there's because there's labs, there's one lab in China that did that. Mm. And there's a lot of ethical concerns that come in. So we there's a lot of, you know, layers to the science where it's. Like even last night we were chatting about one where it's called uh, the phenomenon of optogenetics, where you shine a light on a neuron and you put in a genetic construct that if you shine the light on it, it turns the neuron on. On, and you can do this opposite too. You can have it turn off. Hmm. And then the first, you know, there's one of someone was asking in chat, like, I imagine someone's trying to weaponize this. Hmm. Like, yeah, unfortunately, probably eventually there is something like that. So it's always that balancing act, and I think chat is always really on top of it of like right. it, it's cool to see all those unique perspectives yeah that's that's awesome do, do uh do, does the ethics of a lot of these topics often come up is that a thing that is uh, a 
typical part of the conversation as well? I I tend not to drive so much in that direction. I usually let chats bring that up because I it's so Lita's Lita actually has like a, a minor in scientific ethics. So my wife, she's an expert in that. Mm. For me, most of it, I just try to show like the pure beauty of the work and the science, but there will be people. And, but if someone asks, we're not going to shy away from it. Right. It's like one right. common question too is, you know, what can you do to your ants in a lab? Like, is there any like ethical question of like, can you just kill loosey goosey your ants in a lab and look for science? And like what has regulation and what doesn't. So like that kind of inner workings of science that really isn't put forth, we try to dissect that. So like mice, for example, if they get sacked in a lab, um, it's a very like there's a protocol for putting them to sleep. So that's painless. And you always have to account for every mouse you have. And you can't just go in a mouse room and take out 10 mice. Right. right. But with insects, it's the Wild West. So like hmm. grappling with how to value life for science versus valuing life for the sake of life. It's, it gets deep sometimes, but I yeah. think it's always from a, a positive perspective that people are asking. Yeah. It's those conversations that I think are very valuable because uh, your average person, I believe doesn't always get to think about that or even have conversations about that. And so I think that's a really unique feature of your community that is is very compelling to me knowing that these sort of things can organically just come up uh or even you know be be brought to light so uh, kudos kudos to you to to driving that sort of discussion just even prompting uh the various questions that that come along with some of these these topics i think it's fantastic yeah. the only time we don't answer a question is if i honestly have no idea Right. right. A fair bit of the biological concepts, you know, they're pretty familiar to me. I might not be prepped for it, but I'll know where to look and I can, my BS detector, right, can go off. Mm -hmm. But and I think that's important because the reason I spent so much time pre vetting stuff for streams is because there's a lot of false information out there as well. Yeah. And I never want to present something that is wrong. So I double fact check everything. Right. Things, you know, like if CRISPR comes up there, though, during a, a one of our, you know, streams, I haven't prepped for it, but I know enough about it where we can pull up an animation, a video, I can draw it, what have you. But if someone's asking me about physics, I'd be like, sorry, y'all. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then right. if it's like a, a disease that I might be able to understand, like, you know, let's, let's come back to that next stream. Let, give me a chance to look it up because I'd rather not lead you down the wrong road. And I yeah. think that's part of being a good scientist is being able to say, I have no idea. Uh, does it ever come up like just talking about best practices when kind of doing your research or doing, you know, looking looking for things that are, you know, scientifically accurate or rather good sources for people to consult when they're trying to get more information? Does that come up a lot? Not too much, but the the sad part is that a lot of it is behind paywalls. Mm. So the so what I'll probably primarily use to collect information about a topic is the primary literature, mm. which is like the published from a lab. The, the this is the data, like that's what we're looking at versus like a popular science report, right? Right. And and those publications are usually behind a paywall because some journal right fronted the cost. To have them published and so then like if you if you look for anything for example in the journal nature it's like 80 dollars to unlock the submission and so that's that's really frustrating part because it's yeah. you know publicly publicly usually publicly funded work with tax dollars and there's also foundational money that's independent of taxes um but those things together make it very difficult for anyone without an institutional access to actually be able to get to the information right yeah so but we do if if someone's really interested like hey blint i really like this paper you know we put it on the discord so people will have access to it on the discord everything that we talk about all the videos all the publications it's all there on our discord so anyone who's interested can go back and look and they'll have access to it mm -hmm. thank you for touching on that because i it's been my experience kind of hearing similar things uh, in terms of paywalls trying to get 
if you were to try to get more information or access to uh, studies or results of studies. And so some journals like to because they have they do have to make money because they have staff they have to pay right. right some what they'll do is they'll put it behind a paywall for one year mm. and then after that it's open access and free to everyone yeah. and i i kind of like those models because it's like the, the intermediate of like the best of all worlds but there's some still that are 10 years old that are behind that 80 dollars paywall yeah and then if, and then there's the other side of it too where it's published in a journal but it's what's called a predatory journal mm. where they approach you to put your work in and you get to select anyone to approve you. And it's, it's a very shady kind of thing. Right. And so it's not really good science. It's like a journal is trying to solicit you for a paper and to yeah. put your work. And it's this, yeah, it's this There's whole a thing. lot of extra complexities there. Wow. The, yeah, that I, I appreciate that insight as someone who's, you know, I'm not a professional, professional scientist or have i mean i've done i've there have been times where i've wondered about stuff like that and i've i've either ran into those paywalls where i've looked for things and have heard that it's kind of hard to to get some of that info and also uh like val valconitron in, in chat has basically alluded to i may not even have the proper training or understanding of the subject to even make sense of of some of that stuff so but see that to me is really frustrating because if you read a scientific paper I should not have to be an expert right. on this particular topic to make any sense of it. Like I, okay, I have my doctorate, so I should have some base level understanding, but there's still publications where I read the abstract and I'm like, the abstract is so full of jargon. I have mm -hmm. no idea what you're saying. Right. And then I'm out. And then you're like, right? well, then why do I need to yeah. even and look then, at this? And then when you, if you do read it, then it's like Val says, then you might misinterpret it because the way it's written, it's not meant to be accessible. Right. And it's, I, I don't know, that drives me up. It's, a, it's unfortunate, man. And, and this is, again, this brings me back to your mission about making science more uh, open and accessible to, to people. And that's, that's why I appreciate about, about what you do. Um, using that as kind of your, your goal and your essentially the centerpiece of your content. How has that driven the choices you make as a, streamer on twitch knowing that th this is my goal how do you approach your streams that is unique to this particular uh thing that you're wanting to achieve so there's several signs between streamers on the platform right we have a few right. partnered streamers and then there's a bunch of others that have different approaches to things um I and Lita made a very conscious decision at the beginning to leave anything political out of it right. because we thought that science is already inherently polarizing enough mm -hmm. where that's not what we wanted to do. I didn't, I don't want an echo chamber. I don't want people who already think it's cool. We want to make it accessible to everyone and anyone. And so one of the base things is there's no politics. And it's a very welcoming environment and we try to keep it fa as family friendly as we can occasionally, you know, run into the PG 13 category, but right. usually family friendly. We've gotten uh, some of our school visits. We let the kids know we have a stream. So sometimes a family will come in and watch and it's just meant to be a safe space. Everyone is welcome because that's how science should be. It should be for everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. And we do like to get silly as well. So we started yeah. up around, you know, last really really when we started the very first animations we put in were bananas that fell from the sky and flew away <laughs> yeah. right that's like the fruit fly pun and it's like it's one level of like i think silly chaos to the mm -hmm. stream but it's all like we try to do all of our original artwork and all of the little animations have something to do with science in some way whether it be the dancing Kevin the aspergillus emo because someone people come in and be like I don't know what this is but it's it's cute right and then that's like let me tell you about how this is a pathogenic fungus like you know <laughs> colonizes your lungs and you you're deaf yeah um, but you never would have asked if you don't know so there is an overarching goal and a point to everything yeah kind of how it's designed on the stream um so again that's kind of a intermediate bounds we do have uh great science communicators on Twitch, like paleontologizing and rocket sage, um, who do uh, paleontology and geology respectively. 
but they don't have like the crazy silly animations that keep popping up. It's very much like I'm going to present to you the science and let's chat versus for me wanted it to be more loosey goosey and welcoming. And I know yeah. people fall asleep eventually, right? If I were to go on for three hours, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to zone out. Right. So number one, being able to rabbit hole, if anyone has a question on something, I do not like saying no, like let's, if anyone's enthusiastic, let's pursue it. And then two, if we need to interrupt it with some chaos, let's interrupt it with some chaos. Yeah. Right. And break it up. Cause I, what I don't want it ever to be is to be just a lecture or a podcast. I could do that on YouTube or elsewhere. I want it to be a dialogue and people to be engaged and excited about science. And like you were asking about the journals too, like, how does this work? And it's like, well, yeah, let me shine the light on it. Cause yeah. if you're not in it, you don't know. And so, right. and I, I don't know. I, I, we haven't ever planned a, you know, a stream just about how the publication system works. Cause that to me sounds like a, yeah, I'd fall asleep <laughs> for that. But, uh, right. someone, but 10 minutes like of a rabbit hole into it, we can, we can talk about it and then we go back. Yeah. Have there been like, what kind of topics have you gotten into that you never expected to come up due to the, to the rabbit holing? Is there, is there any particular <laughs> topic that has been, I never expected to go here with it? So there's usually some tangential relationship to what we're talking about that night. Right. And it might be a very, very thin tangential relationship, but it's like, okay, I, I, I kind of get it. I kind of get where we're going with this. Yeah. Um, there have been, uh, there was one about this particular kind of beetle that pull, it was, we were, someone asked about like the physics of beetles and how they drink water. Hmm. And it was like, so the beetle connection, right? Okay. Physics, not so much, but sure, let's do with this. And there was a new paper that came out a few weeks ago that came up during this question. And it was about this beetle species that actually drank through its butt, through a tiny <laughs> straw. And so we were looking at the CT scan of a butt water drinking beetle. <laughs> and so that was... Where it was like the rabbit hole, I was like, I, I know where we're going. And then I totally didn't know where we'd end up. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's, but it, that's but it's always fun. Like I, and you know, if I'm learning stuff too, I'll be right, straight up with chat. I'm like, y'all, I have never seen this before. Yeah. Well, you know, so let's take it with a grain of salt, but let's talk about it. And yeah, yeah. like, again, the butt water beetle, like, that's I love that. I Yeah, that's gold, man. Like, I, <laughs> I love that story. I can't. Yeah, it's like there's no way I I would have predicted going there, obviously. But I love I love that story. And man, I'm I've I've sat in, I've worked on a number of your streams, and I I really do appreciate the direction. Uh, it goes because of that freedom that you you kind of address it with, where you say, okay, we'll we'll take a look at this, we'll figure out what this is or where this will take us. So uh, I think that's one really great thing. And I feel like it really uh, is in service of uh, both your goal of, of trying to just make science more easily accessible to everyone and also kind of how the platform works, right? With, with Twitch being the way it is, being engaging and interactive, uh, it allows you to take any direction that the chat might want to go. Uh, what what particular things about this platform have you found to be incredibly useful for uh, this mission? How how has it affected your ability to to share uh, science? So I really like obviously the live chat, right? That people can ask questions. Yeah, um, a, a dream feature that I would have. I know there's like this beta overlay called Heat that kind of does what I want, but it's not really good that people could click on the screen, mm. right? And ask what that is. Cause we do microscope stuff on at least Mondays, if not other days as well, if people are interested and it would be great to have people click on it and just have that extra level of interaction of like, but that's what I love about it. People can ask live either number bullet. You're going crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. If I don't get feedback, if I'm not making sense, right. Then I'm not fulfilling my mission of the stream that day so i right. like that live feedback of like this doesn't make any sense is lovely um then one like really cool stuff is that we've done experiments on stream too with for example planarians these are these flat worms that if you split into two they regenerate the head grows a new tail 
the mm. tail grows a new head and a new brain and we've actually watched the regeneration happen live on the stream wow and like you know people like we get excited about yeah. like this world that's splitting and it's i having it live allows others to also be that excited mm-hmm. and you might be like well why not youtube i don't like the youtube interface as much and there's also the mod settings aren't very safe i feel and so like making sure the community's protected making sure that it's like responsive and it's a good platform to use and then also we use uh, the sammy board to integrate with so then people can do these exclamation point commands and trigger absolute chaos and so mm-hmm. i like having that extra layer of madness that people can throw at things as well and so the live stream just works best for us um, to present that science and get people excited and ask questions and that's why it was this platform and really you know we looked at facebook for a hot second i feel like that's an echo chamber mm-hmm. and it's really hard for you to be discovered outside of a very small niche circle um and then with youtube it just didn't feel right because like the settings and the interactivity and everything and so we before we started streaming we watched a lot of streams mm-hmm. and so that's one of the things that also helped us settle on this particular stream is i watched you know paleontologizing rocket sage from the science community we watched Irish John games, the game dev community. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched our friend Hamall kid and looking cool Edmund from the gamer community and kind of integrated all pieces of all these things of like, okay, I like all these features. Can I make something work where it's science-based, but has the silly components of the game streams and like the educational components of some and the technical perspective from this and that yeah. amalgamation kind of works. Yeah. I love that. And I I think that you've done such a good job uh, incorporating a lot of things that you would see in some other streams, you know, the in, the level of interaction, some of the alerts that you've got going like it, it feels like if, if I'd never seen your channel before, if you were to ask me, what would you picture a channel that's centered around science? What would that even look like? Honestly, uh, a lot of what you do makes sense to me because, like, it feels like what I would expect a Twitch stream to be, except for the focus is not on on a game or on, uh, you know, uh, Lego or something like that. It's it's just scientific topics, and I I appreciate that because I think uh, it's in line with your accessibility goal that there are people who who would have never seen your channel before arrive there by browsing or being raided into you and being like i get it it makes sense like i i hopped along a raid into your channel i'm like i get it i see what this i see what this channel's about and i i really appreciate that uh but it feels like it shouldn't work right right like, right like you're saying like if you hear a science stream it's like i even i saw this gut reaction of it is it gonna be this dry lecture <laughs> right, right? No, because that's, that's we've been exposed to that as kids in right. high school and middle school and college of like you can't have fun here we we were serious time this is very serious more it's very serious right? <laughs> yeah right and so yeah. i think it's a i hopefully people find that not too distracting but more like fun and like right. really putting in that vibe entertaining but you're still learning you're still learning something you're getting something out of it uh yeah. versus just being a dry lecture or like you like you said uh your your early attempts uh with the slideshows and the uh the button up shirt uh i'm i'm so glad that i'm so glad that you got some feedback on that uh cuz it might have been yeah. a very different thing at this point <laughs> yeah lita so my wife uh is she did a lot of outreach uh when she was an undergrad at ASU so over mm. in Arizona um, there was a school pro after school science club that she would do for this uh, inner city school and the, the school imagine a setup where there's chain link fences around the school and barbed wire and you're talking you know kids going in and out of through metal detectors like this is the kind of inner city school that she was working at and it teaching a science club and it was like she had this group of 20 kids who were so excited about science and she was making it accessible, doing fun experiments and making it interactive. So she has the background of like, because she's also, we both have our PhD. So she has the knowledge and she already has the background on uh, yeah. 
and doing some of this like more interactive stuff. So you said, like, all right, let's let's just pull it together, like, pull us both together and make it yeah. as what it is today. So it's it's really cool to have my wife be a partner, not just you know in life, but also on our this dream endeavor that we have. Yeah, that that makes me so happy to to hear that and to uh, I mean it, it it's clear that her application of that those experiences uh, directly translated into something that your your Twitch uh, your collective Twitch channel could benefit from. Um, do you think that as time goes on that you will continue kind of the the approach that you're you're maintaining or how do you feel like this channel and community will evolve over the next let's say a couple years so my hope is we continue with science um you know because i i i have seen you know there was like one or two science streamers that started off with science and moved into like uh, mario kaizo and they're really really good at it yeah uh, where it's like you know they're pulling in a thousand people i'm like all right well I'm never good. I'm not good at video games. I love video games. I'm not good at them. Um, so I, you know, we will always want the focus to be science. That's how we got here. That's how the community is built. And that is forever going to be our mission statement. Will we try to innovate and make things newer and fresh? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, how we're going to do that, that's always an up in the air kind of thing, right? You know, pulling in maybe an IRL component where we could do some naturalist views and seeing like the world around us like how to catch ant queens like how to really pull in nature um you know uh doing crossover streams right with like uh like you know we you and i were chatting about resident evil if you come on you talk about the lore of resident evil as i talk about the t-virus and we have a back and forth about you know these i'd be glad to things. do that by the way yeah so i look <laughs> right but I, think, I think those kinds of things are like the next step of like trying to innovate and keeping it relevant and keeping people pulled in because I mean, the, the a big dream is if this could ever be a full-time gig, right? I don't think it can ever be, and I'm not gunning for it. Right. But if, because I, you know, I, I want to be realistic. I got to feed the family. But if it can be, you know, it, it's by, you know, staying relevant, staying accessible, staying fun, and just making that mission statement grow and pull in more and more people. Uh, whenever we raid someone new, for example, and they give a like the the shout out and it says last streaming science and technology. If it's someone we haven't really connected with, mm -hmm. they might be like, I didn't even know this was a thing on Twitch. Yeah. When I went to TwitchCon, I had Twitch staff told me they didn't know this was a thing. Oh yeah. Right. The science and technology. Yeah. And so that usually like catches people, like, what on earth were you doing? You're like, oh, we we're looking at ancient amber under a microscope. Like, excuse me? Yeah. And so like that's I think a really unique thing of what we do. And I think it's a, a fun way to pull people in. So, and you know, we'll, we'll try evolving and doing things along those lines. Like I can see a Lego stream, like with AZ Pinoy, where we build a, a DNA helix and we talk about why he's building it a certain way, with yeah. like the nucleotides and how they're arranged. Like all these things can interconnect and show people their science in their everyday lives where they might not have looked for it. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of the, the crossover and incorporating other uh, other mediums, topics, as well as other creators. I think that more than serves your your goal. And I think we'll definitely get you get you closer to that. Um, so keep keep up the good work with that. Uh, you know, as, as someone who's been, you know, in this unique position, because there's only so many of you science and technology uh, channels out there. What what would you hope to see more of uh, on the platform within that within that category? That's a great question. So I think diversification would be great. So I, I think there's some really great niche scientists. Um, for like we talked about sage and paleo, we also have you know volcano doc whose expertise is vol in volcanology, mm. uh, or you know astro canuck we know and love the Lego and astrophotographer. We got nerdowino also in space science. So I think it helps to know what kind of science this person is an expert in. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's like the biological sciences and the genetic side of things, and so like pulling in more experts 
who are doing like the firsthand research onto the platform to make what could make a big difference. So one thing I'm actually doing in my work is I work at the Genetic Society of America. We're trying to start up a Twitch page and it'll be the first professional society in the United States and the work like worldwide whose sole focus is genetics to have a Twitch page. Yeah. And again, it would be the goal it will be of that is to interview scientists and bring the science to the front lines of like to regular people who normally wouldn't be exposed. Yeah. And so I think part of that is, you know, making yourself like having a niche that you're following and that like what you're an expert in and making sure you're not overselling yourself. Um, don't split the audience by, you know, making it political in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being open to questions and rabbit holes, I think has been a very big thing. Cause I will say there's plenty of Twitch science streamers that I really enjoy, but it's a very static appearance and so it's like you can ask a question here and there but we're not really going to pursue it because of x y and z um so i feel like it's that it's like we talked about like why twitch that more open forum mm-hmm. is if people are coming in and embracing that and coming in knowing they need to embrace it i think it can really expand further yeah that's wonderful insight and i i i do hope you know i think as part of uh, as part of your mission and, and the growth of what you do I think uh, making that more attractive to other other professionals from from scientific uh, industries could actually look at Twitch and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense because there's there's precedent here. There's there's uh, there's channels that do this sort of thing and take advantage of the platform. So I do I do wish you the best of luck and and. Uh, I, I do hope that we see more diverse uh, specialists as well as just uh, pre- a presence of, of scientific uh, topics in the category. Because uh, just that the knowing more about the category as well would be beneficial too. I think to a broader audience as well. Because I think, I mean, you know, there's always well, if I if I just go live, who am I going live to? Because if you don't establish a community, you know, it's not. It's a lot of extra work to put in, especially given that the category isn't heavily advertised, that there is science and technology. Channels like ours, Paleo, Sage, Astro Canuck, show that if you put in the work hours to it, you can pull in people. Um, And so it's just, you know, having that recognition that there will be some growing pains to begin with. Uh, I will say one unfortunate part is there's still a lot of places have this old school mentality of like, like I, I was told this too, that science outreach is for failed scientists, mm. which I couldn't disagree with anymore. Right. Right. Um, but it's unfortunately the mindset of like really well-funded individuals and big labs that does come up. And so going, you know, you're going in at almost a disadvantage, right? Yeah. Cause if you're going in with the mindset of, I want to make this thing work and already some people are like, Oh, you're useless. Mm-hmm. It can be disheartening. So you have to, just be able to push that aside and know that you're going into this for something better and not just this like glory, but actually to bring science to people. Yeah. Wonderful insight on kind of the state of, of science within the Twitch uh, community. And uh, I see, you know, I see definitely the fact that science and technology as a category could benefit more from twitch acknowledging that it exists or uh you know here hearing about it i mean it struck it struck me as not a surprise when you said even twitch there was twitch staff that didn't know that this was a thing it's it's always uh unfortunate i mean as as a person who's who has streamed lego uh i've had similar reactions where it's like oh this is a thing you guys can do this on twitch and i'm like you can do pretty much any subject or or topic that might interest you can be done on Twitch. It's just a matter of understanding, like you, like what you do, how to package it for this platform. Um, and, and I love that about it, right? Because I, mm-hmm. you know, Lego builders like we both met Low Mountain, like a blacksmith, mm-hmm. game devs, science gamers, makers and crafters, traditional artists, digital art. Like, what well, you can name whatever you want. Yeah, someone's going to be doing it. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. And that's what I love about this platform is that you you can think of a lot of these different things. And even though it may not have a large presence on 
uh, the platform, you can most certainly find someone that's doing like most hobbies on this platform now. And I love, I love that about it. Thinking about what you've been doing and this wonderful mission that you have for your channel. Going back to when you started, would, would there be anything that you would do differently? I think one fun thing that we started doing much later was after TwitchCon was adding in animations. And that in part was like, we had some, but I wasn't doing as much as it was nerves. I just didn't know really how to do it. Mm. And so that, you know, like our animated emotes, um, weren't really that fluid animation style. Like I could draw the static asset. Yeah. But making it animated was difficult and there was nothing really on the screen. And after TwitchCon, I started like, all right, I got to just suck it up and learn how to do this and mm -hmm. started making more and more. And I think that added an extra layer of complexity and fun to the stream where even like we have an animation where the, we have a planarian who's split into two and it regenerates as if, like the cartoon. Yeah. And so it was, it was not only cool to have on the stream, but it's like, oh, I can use these to explain scientific concepts. And I think maybe starting on those a little bit earlier, I think that made it a little bit more attractive and, you know, the fun silly is kind of coming in. Really beyond that, I what I like about what we've done and I would suggest that I do not change um, like to my to the younger streamer self is to make sure you're in communities that you really enjoy right like don't don't join a community for the sake of joining to get shout outs because that i know it drives us up the wall mm -hmm. right so be part of communities that you're actually interested in and like streams that you're interested in and grow those communities organically out of actual caring and love for them right and if something happens it happens but make sure you're you, you build that beautiful core of values that are important to you and don't don't give the people what they think they want give the people what you want right like don't like be true to yourself like be unapologetically you i guess it's a good it's a good way of saying like i i was the reason i wore that button down into the powerpoint the first day yeah is because i was so nervous that i was gonna go on and be like you know what I'm gonna someone's gonna come on and be like, you're an idiot. You're not a scientist. You don't look like a scientist. This is this is all garbage. And it's like at the end of the day, I'm kind of a goofy dude. Let just just be me. Mm -hmm. And don't like try to dress it up as something that it's not. Um, I think that was very important. And just have fun when we're doing it. Like, sure, there's stressful days in streaming. I'm sure everyone has to like take a mental health day and whatnot, but you know, we never even really fixated on the numbers for a long time. It was just, it was more on the content, growing that content, the community and making sure we're staying true to a mission statement. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it was, you know, making science accessible and not losing sight of that. I love it. What was that like uh, when you were gearing up for the partner push? Like how... How were those times for you? I think, um, I think for many, I think there's a lot of anxiety around numbers and and things like that. But how how was that for you? Kind of going into a partner push and working with your community towards that goal. Scary, as yeah. you as you said. Um, we didn't. It was only until after TwitchCon where it was kind of like maybe we can actually do this. Um, Lena and I always thought that maybe we'd one day have a push. When we planned, when we planned it out, we did not think it was going to be this soon. Because mm. you know, in, our, in my in our minds, well, this is a science channel. These grow slowly, inherently. Like there's, you know, we were not assuming greatness would all of a sudden just like fall in our lap or anything. And we knew it was going to be a lot of hard work, but we were not anticipating it be as rapid as it was. Um, and so when we started really the push, like in, I can't even remember when TwitchCon was, September, October, mm, yeah. um, we were able to turn in the, the application pretty soon after that first batch. And then, you know, we got our usual rejection letter and in and said letter, it was like, well, we really want your average to be more 85 than 75. And there was a two week, and then, you know, that's like the usual criteria, 75. 
had the two week wait and we're like, well, we rewrote, we rewrote a fair bit of it and we submitted it. We got a rejection in 30 minutes. Wow. Okay. And I was, and I was like, that was like, oh, I figured we'd get hit, but like 30 minutes. And so yeah. I'm like, I'm like it, there's no way they read it. Right. Cause it's, we, we wrote like a, a much bigger dissertation almost. <laughs> right. And, you know, we reached out to a friend who worked there and they were like, you know, they got some information. They're like, well, oh, you were told last time, like you needed the 85. And they're like, yeah, but we thought, you know, they're like, no, no, no. Like you didn't hit that. And that's why it went right back. Mm. And so it was like, okay. So it was like, we now have to do this big push and get that appropriate um, number on that front. And then where it got really stressful was, you know, we were going to have a kid. Yeah. There was a baby that was on, on her way. And she, we had a false alarm in December where it was like almost stuff was starting to kick in and we went to the hospital and luckily she didn't because she would have been like, you know, a month and a half early and that would have been like still NICU area. Um, so it was trying to figure out like, okay, at what, like it would kept moving upward and sliding slowly upward. And then all of a sudden it was like, if she pops out, this might just totally fall down. Right. And so that's where the stress was coming in. So it was like, you know, you'd go longer on nights where things were looking better, just like keep pulling and keep pulling and like, let's do this, let's do this. And yeah, the we hit the correct quote unquote number for them on a Tuesday in January or no, on a on a Monday to Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And so that Tuesday we were doing this like we were, did this game night of like getting excited to being able to re-unlock it and we could resubmit. Hmm. And that's when Lita's, our code word was pineapple. She texts me, hey, honey, it's, it's pineapple time. Contractions uh, <laughs> were kicking in and we're like, oh. So we submitted the letter from the hospital and baby was born Wednesday and we got home on Friday and we had the letter that we got it. Wow. There was a lot of stress built into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could imagine. Yeah, that. I bet. And, and Lita says, too, she she still say, she's like, thank God we got it before little one was born. She's like, I know <laughs> you would be a, an absolute wreck. Yeah. Because, you know, because trying to maintain it and keep it together and, like, give a child, like, consist, like, you know, we maybe took, like, I think four days, five days off before I started again, like, three or four days a week, but the times couldn't be as long and they still can't be. And so it's still like, ah, I want to grow it. I want to grow it. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, an amazing week for you, uh, given <laughs> just like everything that happened, uh, you know, having gone through that whole process and trying to like to be uh, rejected and then rejected again and then trying for, you know, trying, trying another time. Do you have any thoughts or advice for, people who kind of are in that boat who are trying to get partner uh what what kind of uh wisdom would you share with someone who's kind of at that uh on the verge of of maybe getting it or applying for it what would you tell them i'd say it's a grind and that grind isn't gonna go away it's a grind after as well to continue stuff and maintain the growth so don't be discouraged when mm-hmm. it doesn't work the first time i've heard different things about the letter because so that for those of y'all who don't know when you apply there's just a prompt of like why you should get this and there's no guideline as to why like what they actually want in there right and so at the con i asked several people because there was a, a, a twitch staff like meet and greet that you could have and i was like so what are y'all actually looking for and it you know, we got the guideline of we actually want like a future plan kind of laid out. Like, yes, your history of the channel, where it was, what it's become, and what's your vision for it. And I think that guideline really helped because otherwise I'm not really sure what to write. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we formulated it almost as a, here is our like 10 year plan of bringing more science to more people. Here's where we started and here's where we ended up and here's where we want to go. And here's how, you know, it might make financial sense to Twitch, blah, blah, blah. If we have a check mark, maybe we can get a sponsor and visibility and all that extra jazz in there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, I think, crafting the right letter and also not getting discouraged when things bounce around. Yeah. Which is hard to not do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, it seems like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a partner, but it seems like 
there's a lot of that persistence and and almost like grit that you have to have to get partner often uh from the many folks i've seen apply for it and get it or apply for it and get rejected once or twice before getting it or more times um it certainly seems like it is a it is test isn't the right word but it certainly it challenges your ability to uh continuing like continue on if it feels like like i'm so close but i don't know if i'll ever kind of push it to that last little bit that gets you over the uh requirement or meets their meets their uh their goal posts so i i guess we were lucky in that most of our academic lives were training for it right when you submitted papers for publication you'd usually get it right back and say no you're an idiot like go away <laughs> uh, or you know you get like with scientific papers you get a review back and the review might say you have to do 10 extra experiments otherwise it's not valuable so like the idea of okay we're close but still out there let's keep going let's keep like has been like Lee and i have been dealing with that for over 15 years now with papers that we published across different scientific fields so that i think kind of set us up to be like yo let's it's an eternal grind that's all that's our life <laughs> right before. um but for sure like it can be very difficult to maintain not just for you as a person but for the whole community as well like people can right. get burnt out and you know it's it's hard to to stop because you see it in sight you want to mm -hmm. continue going well, wonderful work and and getting there and and you know your community is just a fantastic place to be in. I love any I love being there anytime I can I can make it through or hang out and lurk. Uh, your mission is equally noble and just uh, something I wish more people would do uh, across uh, Twitch as well as just I think the world in terms of of. You know, showing showing that science is in a is an amazing thing, something that can be really uh, be uh, accessible to to many. So uh, I just want to tell you, man, thank you, thank you for the work uh, that that you all do over there. Uh, you you and uh, your wife and just everything that your your community stands for. Just fantastic, fantastic work. Um, we really do I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. As we as we kind of wrap up, I would love to just give you the floor and uh, provide any final thoughts that you might have for listeners uh, or viewers uh, regarding anything, really anything you would love to just leave, uh, leave this this episode on for people to think about. I'm going to give you the floor and uh, just, you know, remind folks to follow you at Twitch dot tv slash science underscore streams uh any final words to share with our with our viewers and listeners i think the best advice i can give is actually on my shirt it says be curious not judgmental and i think that's probably the best approach that we as community members can take when we're on the platform whether we're learning science we're learning about the next hot Lego kit or that we're learning about the next video game or anything else is just have an open mind and go into it with, you know, wanting to ask questions and wanting to just learn about the person who's there and what they're doing and, you know, not to judge fast. I think it's very easy in science. You can, you know, we have, you know, people sometimes come in and be like, you know, vaccines are a myth put on by Bill Gates or something like that. And, you know, we don't ban those people like, all right, you want, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Why do you think so? And how can we, I tell you what the facts are, and then you can make a decision based off that. And a lot of it just comes from misinformation because people aren't encouraged just to be curious and ask questions, but rather it's fun to be inflammatory and say something wild. And then scientists, you know, in the modern world also just like shut it down and be like, well, I'm not dealing with this. And instead it, in all of these facets to be like, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why you feel that way. And let's see if we can not necessarily convince you of the other side, but let me just present you the facts and you ask me questions. And that's 
I think a good approach, not just in the sciences, but any of these features. Again, someone might come and be like, why are you building Legos? Look, dude, Legos are fun. Okay. And open up your mind to like, I got a Lego set under the desk right here, right now. It's a Sonic Lego set. Yes. With, like the whole like uh, Green Hills that you bet you believe I'm going to be building sometime soon. Nice. Um, and it's, you know, just have fun with it and just don't ask someone or don't ask someone because they, they're doing something maybe you don't get ask why they're doing something and learn about it. And maybe you'll, you'll enjoy it. If not, you'll be bettered by it at least because you'll have kept an open mind. You'll have made a new friend. 